scepter be displayed. In, in other words, proclaim the truth <clears throat> beneath its folds, the, the flag of truth as soldiers of the truth of the Lord, for the truth will not be dismayed. And then in Christ alone, um, no guilt in life, no fear in death. This is the power of Christ in me. From life's first cry to final breath, Jesus commands my destiny. I mean, we can rest in that fact and and rejoice in that fact and and what a blessing it is. <clears throat> Matthew chapter 24. And as we continue through <clears throat> um, the study, where do we go from here? This week is dealing with um, uh, catastrophic events that come in history. And uh, in particular, known as pandemics. And before we get into that, I want to ask, what is your mission in life? You know, businesses, teams will have a mission statement. And often it's a nice sounding statement that they never pay any attention to, okay? Um, but... Whether we've written out a mission statement for ourselves, we have a mission statement. In other words, it is, it is what controls our thoughts, our actions, and our responses to life. So, whether we've verbalized it, whether we've written it out or not, we have a mission statement. Some people's mission statement is to gather wealth. Some it's to gather possessions. Some it's to just have fun. Some it's, it's to be loyal or whatever it is. But we have things that determine our responses to life that, that come into play greatly in decisions that we make. <clears throat> and needless to say... In the last couple years, mission statements or missions have been tested um, in part because of the coronavirus. <clears throat> and people say, is this a sign? Is this a judgment of God? Is this a natural event? Is this a conspiracy? Is this, is this, is this? And... <clears throat> You know, probably the lockdowns and the quarantines will end up doing more damage than the disease has done in the grand scope of things. And we'll talk more about that a little bit later. But really what we should be asking is not, is this a sign? Is not... Um, Who's doing this? Who is behind this? Is this per se a judgment of God? Who is it a judgment of God upon? The question that we should be asking is, what is God saying to me in this? And honestly, that isn't something unique to the coronavirus. 
in every event in life, we ought to be asking, what is God saying to me in this? Um, Many, and if not all, all of us eventually will, but there come some very difficult times in life. And, and certainly we need to examine as to the cause of it, but ultimately we need to be asking, okay, God, what is it you are saying to me in this? And not just in difficult times, in times of prosperity. God, what is it you are saying to me in this? It's a, it's a question that every person should be asking in every situation in life. Now, To find the answer to that, you need to find out how God speaks. Well, God speaks first and foremost through His Word. So if I'm asking, what is God speaking to me in this? If I neglect His Word, I'm not going to have a very good idea. It's not just some willy-nilly, I wonder what God is speaking to me in this. I first of all have to have a foundation of God's Word in my life. I need to keep going to the Word of God. It's our daily bread. Yesterday's manna is not good enough for today. I need fresh bread from God. I need fresh wisdom. I need fresh instruction. And God speaks to us through His Word. That's why in a, in a worldwide event, as we've been going through, um, regardless of what you think of the source, it has affected the world. It has affected our lives. It is having permanent effects on the world, on our nation, on our community. And it should be something that drives us even more to the Word. Okay, God, what is it you are speaking to me? It's no coincidence that you're living at this time in history. And honestly, we've lived at a really, really good time in history. I mean, there's not many people that have had it as good as as we've had it in history. I'm not saying you haven't had difficulties. I'm not saying... But we live today, every one of us here, better than most kings have ever lived. And, and yet, um, sad to say, we gripe more than many people in the world that have less than us. But because of all that is going on, we need to know, okay, what is it God is speaking to me? You know the neat thing about God speaking to us? He doesn't just give a broad message. He wants to minister personally in our lives. And that begins through the Word of God. And secondly, He speaks to us through His Spirit. In accordance with the Word of God. God's Spirit is the author of the Word of God. God's Spirit will never lead contrary to the Word of God, but God's Spirit works in accordance with the Word of God. So that when you read the Bible as a believer, as one who has the Spirit dwelling within you, 
as you read the Bible, the Spirit will peak your mind, will pinpoint things, and will draw your attention and literally minister personally in your life through the reading of the Word of God. And He also then ministers through conviction that He brings in our life through the promptings of God's Spirit. That's why throughout Scripture, and we're not going to go into detail, He mentions often, don't grieve the Spirit, don't quench the Spirit, don't frustrate the Spirit. Stay in a, in a good relationship, Remain, maintain a clear conscience so that you have a clear avenue of the Spirit of God. That you know the voice of God. That you understand through being in the Word of God, through walking in the Spirit as He prompts you, as He um, pinpoints areas of the Word, as He convicts, as He encourages, you know that. So, God speaks to us, number one, and it is number one, through His Word, through His Spirit. And then God also speaks to us through circumstances. God opens and closes doors through circumstances. I mean, there are some things that you just can't do because the door's never been opened to you for that. And so God gives direction in in those means. He he does use circumstances. He does um, prevent us. Paul, in his life, He said, the Spirit of God prevented me from going into Bithynia. He he hindered me through the circumstances, through a shipwreck. He was um, put on an island to be there. That was through definite circumstances. And so God speaks through His Word. He speaks through His Spirit. He uses circumstances. And He uses others. We get direction through others. Now, again, these, often we give lists and they aren't in any special order. These are in order. Heavily, heavily, the Word of God. And it's hard to separate the Word of God from the Holy Spirit. And much lesser than through circumstances and much lesser through others. But God does use others. Um, he gives direction. The Ethiopian eunuch, God brought a messenger to him to bring the direction, to give direction, and to show him what God was saying to him. God will bring people into our lives. And, and he works through people and advice, but it's important that we understand Satan also brings people into our lives. And that's why we must have the Word of God as the foundation to try every spirit to see if it is of God. So, here we are. We face a a worldwide pandemic. Um, And again, I'm not going into it right now. Is it really a pandemic? In the Sunday school hour, we may get into that. But, But it's a a major events that have affected us. And rather than focus on the events, we need to ask, what is God saying to me in this? 
And in difficult times, God has many messages that he may be giving to us. And, and this morning, I want to list ten things, and you can make application to the coronavirus, pandemic, that. You can make it to any situation in your life. But many times, we go through life, and, <clears throat> and um, we're kind of like a pinball machine. Many of you probably don't know even what a pinball machine is, all right? How many of you know what a pinball machine is? All the gray hairs raise their hand, right? <clears throat> We're just bouncing through life, and we get, we get some, some event flips us clear back, and we're bouncing through life. And, and we think, this is just life. And we never stop to really ask and contemplate and reflect and think about what is going on in my life. What is God speaking to me? And you may be thinking, I'm a nobody. God's got other people more important than me that he's speaking to. No, you were brought to a personal relationship with God through faith in Jesus Christ. Even before that, God designed you in the womb. Before the worlds were formed, He had you in His mind and His love was manifested toward you. And you are important to God. And God has a will for your life. He has a purpose for your life. He wants to speak to you. And you might be here today and say... <clears throat> You don't know how bad I blew it this last week. God, God's not talking to me. It doesn't matter what your situation is. God is speaking to you. You may be here today and you may say, I haven't heard from God for a long time. And, and God, I don't think he's speaking to me. God is speaking. We just may have problems with our hearing. Um. I have hearing aids now. I've had them for several years. Hearing aids are a great blessing, but they're nothing like the hearing God designed, okay? Several months ago, um, my hearing aid was reverberating. And Marilyn would stand next to me, and I hear your hearing aid out here. I, I said, well, it doesn't seem to be working right. And, and I called them up, and they said, well, often it's you got wax in your ear. So we're trying to irrigate out the wax out of my ear and doing all that stuff. Still didn't ha help. And <clears throat> finally went to the hearing aid guy and, and he examined the hearing aid and he said, um, well, one of the microphones in your hearing aid isn't working well. And, and I said, okay, but you know, I still, I still got something. Something just isn't right here. This was going on through the summer. When I went swimming, man, I'd get more water retained in this ear than ever before. And he says, okay, I'll take a look at it. He looks in the ear and he goes, oh, you've got one of the domes. That's the plat. I won't pull it out and show you. You've got one of the domes of the hearing aid stuck in your ear. I said, for crying out loud. He said, don't feel bad. I had a guy that had two of them stuck in his ear. I thought, well, great. 
the only thing I can think is I took them out and I thought I dropped the dome on the floor and I gave up looking for it. It was in my ear. Well, when he pulled that out, it was like, voila, you know. Wow, things are better. Through it all, thankfully, God used all that. I had two weeks left on my warranty, and they replaced the whole hearing aids because that one microphone wasn't working, you know. that good thing I went in then. But I say all that to say this. We may have trouble hearing the Spirit of God because there's sin in our life that we're not willing to deal with. And this isn't the main point of the message, but when people say, I just don't hear from God, maybe you're not even a child of God, or maybe you have sin that you're not willing to deal with. If you are a child of God, God definitely is speaking. If you are not a child of God, God is ministering as well. But if you are a child of God, you should have an ongoing relationship with God. You should know God's will in, in specific areas and how to respond. So we say all this to say, you know, many times we need to stop and think, okay, what, what is God speaking to me? And in difficult times, we'll say difficult times, but it may not necessarily be just difficult times. <clears throat> God uses those times to show us our helplessness. Through, through this coronavirus, God shows us our helplessness. Um, there have been countries that have been that are islands in the ocean that believed if we shut everybody down from coming in and we shut everybody down, we can stop this thing. You know what? You can't control your health. You can't control your strength. You can't make it so you are invincible to what goes on around you. And when we come to realize our helplessness, we're, we're all prone to be pretty um, self-sufficient. I'll do this and I'll do this. We need, and God often brings things into our life to show us our helplessness. Things beyond us that it's out of our control. So, He wants to show us our helplessness. Secondly, God wants to remind us of the brevity of life. Because of all of this that's going on in the world, people have thought much, much more about death. I'm not saying they've thought properly about death, but they've thought much more about death. But you know, by nature, we all like to think that we're going... We know we're not going to live forever, but we think... My number isn't coming up soon. You know what I mean? And after all, look, at I'm taking these vitamins and I'm doing this and I'm eating this. And, and the brevity of life. One of the reasons that you're seeing fewer people have funeral services is because we as people don't like to think about the brevity of life. 
every every funeral service, every friend that that departs from this life, it ought to be a reminder to you, my day's coming. It is appointed unto man once to die, and after this the judgment. And God says, prepare to meet your God. I mean, this life, what is your life? It is even a vapor that appears for a little while and vanishes away. During the cold spell, you go outside and you saw your breath and it was there and it was gone. And it looks like a big cloud and it's gone. And God is speaking, I believe, to the entire world and saying, you know, life is short. And this life is not the fullness of all there is. And he says, boast not yourself of tomorrow, because you know not what a day may bring forth. Thirdly, God uses difficult times to reveal our heart to us. What is it my heart really goes after? What is it that, what is it that coronavirus made you think, oh no, You know, the the very things we're afraid of losing reveals to us where our heart is. And God is always bringing into our lives mirrors to show us our heart. Because we are all blind to our own heart. We are all blind to what we really love. And Jesus in His ministry People came to him and said, I'll follow you. And he said, okay, if you love me, will you do this? And he revealed their heart to them. When Peter, Peter, do you love me? Well, yeah, you know. And he kept at it because he wanted to reveal Peter's heart. And God brings things into our heart. And into our life to reveal our heart to us. See, many of the things that we really get angry about, God's trying to show us what's really in our heart. And He wants to reveal. So what is God saying to me in this? What is He revealing to me in this? And how is my heart? What is there that is... In my heart that God wants to change. What is He revealing about what I really love? What is first in my life? God speaks to us also in difficult times to lead to active dependence on God through prayer. It's easy to say, I'm dependent on you, God. But evidence of our dependence on God is seen in our prayer life. It's through prayer that we are going to God and acknowledging our dependence and acknowledging His greatness and acknowledging His sovereignty and acknowledging our need. And it is through prayer. And what is God saying to us? I know one thing God's saying to every believer around the world through all of this is seek ye the Lord while he may be found. If you draw near to me, I will draw near to you. <clears throat> um, if, if there ever was a time 
that believers ought to be praying and have a heart for prayer as never before it would be right now. I mean, he's shaken the whole world. And yet, sad to say, we don't see that. I, I talked to a preacher friend of mine. He was speaking at a, at a conference of church leaders. And he said there were about a thousand church leaders there. And they had, a, had him give a, a little forum on prayer one of the mornings. And it was optional. He said of 1,000 church leaders, 12 people showed up. I thought, and and he he was he said my spirit was just grieved. What is what is it what is it going to take to get us to pray? And we may say, man, those church leaders. No, in our prayer life, and I'm not just talking coming to prayer on Wednesday night. I'm talking in our prayer. Are you praying more now than you were in February of 2020? God is shaking the whole world. And it's not just, you know, not just for us to say, oh, his return is near. It may or may not be. We'll get into that a little more in the Sunday school hour perhaps. But God is trying to help us to see how desperately we need Him. Fifthly, God says to us and uses these times to reveal our weakness. Um, Not just our helplessness, but our weakness in the sense that, you know, I don't have the power to stand the, the pressures of this life. We were talking the other day, and, and you know, just all of this that's going on has created a, a sense of pressure. I mean, before you never were talking about these things. Those weren't even on the radar. And, and now it's here. It's, and even if you try to avoid it, you can't avoid it. It's, and it's created a pressure. And and you know what? People crack under pressure. And we might think, well, not me. Just wait. We need to say, God, I will crack if it's not for your grace. I need you. I am not strong enough. I don't have the wisdom enough. I don't have the grace enough. I don't have the love enough. I I can't do this. That's probably... One of my number one prayers in my personal time to God is, God, I can't do this. I need you. I can't do it. But he wants to reveal our weakness, and then he wants to develop strength in us. See, it's through battles and seeing God work that then you develop strength, you develop confidence, your faith is developed, and and God's wanting to develop, to develop strength in all of us. Our strength is in the Lord. And He wants to develop that strength and cause us to, to be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. He wants us to, 
to forsake what we thought was strength in ourselves or in government or in various aspects and to develop genuine strength. Seventh, he wants us to set our affections on things above, not on things of this earth. He wants to drive us to what really matters. To God, His Word, fellowship with one another, building up one another as believers, and being a light in the world. And and as we're reminded of the brevity of life, it means that then we ought to lay not up for yourselves treasures on earth, where moth and rust doth corrupt and where thieves break through and steal and where viruses come in and shake up and destroy. But lay up for yourselves, and and see it's the same message that God's been saying all the way along, but lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven. Set your affections on things above. Lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where moth and rust do not corrupt. Thieves cannot break through nor steal. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. Do you know why so many have been filled with fear in the last year and a half to two years? Because their treasures are in this life. And they're thinking, it may be taken away from me. But when you have turned your affections to things above... And, and understand that you set your affections on things above, it doesn't diminish the love that you show to people here and family here. It increases it. But we have a, a prominent mission that my mission is for God to please God and to live for Him, and my affections are on Him. You know, we've heard a lot in the last few years about essential and non-essential. And, and I look at my life, and, and God has, has adjusted priorities in my life that things that were pretty important to me before, He's showing, you know, it really it really doesn't matter and and much of life that we think is so important really doesn't matter but the things that are important matter and and that's why he works in our life to set our affections on things above to live for the eternal number 8 He shakes us up to give us a burden for the lost. How can you know prophecy and look forward to His coming and not be burdened for the lost? To me, it's the epitome of selfishness. I know Christ is coming again. I know there's a seven-year period of tribulation that over half the world's population is going to die. God's wrath is poured out on mankind. I know that. I know there's the battle of Armageddon. I know 
the rest of it without going into detail. But I'm just eager for the Lord to come. We ought to be eager for the Lord to come. But we ought to look around and say, No! If the Lord came today, this person is going through that seven-year period of tribulation. You wouldn't wish that on your worst enemy. And, and how can we not be burdened for the lost? If, if nothing else, this should have made all of us as believers praying more for the lost and specifically seeking how we can minister to the lost to understand it's not just get me out of here, Lord. Yeah, we want to get out of here, but we want to take as many people as we can to avoid the judgment to come. So it's important for us to, to, to be burdened for the lost. And God uses difficult times to give opportunities for service. <clears throat> Rather than looking for signs, and see, this is common. The disciples said, show us the signs of your coming. When will this be? And they came at other times. Show us the signs. Um, is this a sign? Rather than looking for signs, we ought to be looking for ways to serve. I mean, this is prime opportunities that God gives us to serve. And that's what God uses this time, lastly, to open the doors for the gospel. People generally know something isn't right. They, they may not put everything together, but they know something isn't right here. Something isn't right when they're censoring all these people. Something isn't right when they steal $10 million from GoFundMe. Something isn't right. Something's not right. Something's going on here. Well, there is something going on. And God's speaking and... He is preparing hearts and preparing the ground for the gospel. And we need to be diligent to share the gospel. So I go back to the first question. What is your mission in life? You know, regardless of what has happened in the last 24 months, if our mission in life as a believer, is to glorify God, nothing has changed in our mission in life. If our mission <clears throat> is safety, if our mission is earthly, then a lot of things change. But if our mission is, God, I want to glorify you. As Paul said, whether it be by life or by death, I want to glorify you. I want you to be magnified in my life because you have done for me what no one else could do. You have forgiven my sins. You have rescued me from the lake of fire and given me a home in heaven where all things will be made right. And because of that, I want to honor you. Regardless of what comes... Our mission doesn't change. The circumstances may. It, it may be difficult 
in ways more so than it has been. But our mission never changes. That's the blessing of it all. But this that we've been experiencing, like everything in life, will either make us better or bitter. <clears throat> it will either, either cause us to rejoice or complain. It will either bring hope or despair. Have you been doing more complaining than rejoicing? It's easy to get caught up in it, isn't it? I get caught up in it. They're griping about this. And God's saying, wait a minute. In all things give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. And God is speaking. And, and this isn't anything out of the ordinary. It's out of the ordinary for us because most of us living now have never... There's many of you that experienced World War II, but the majority of people here have never experienced a, an event or circumstances that affected the entire world. But our mission hasn't changed. And that's the exciting part. And if we can trust God with our eternal security... If we can trust God with our soul, why can we not trust Him with our present circumstances? And admittedly, it's, it's completely shaken the world. Maybe not as much as people want us to think, but it has. And since I have trusted God with my soul, God, I need Christ's forgiveness for my sins, and I am trusting you for my soul for all eternity, I can trust God for the present as well. And the point is not, why is all this going on? The point is not, who caused this? The point is not, what are people going to do about it? The point is, God, how do you want me to honor you in the midst of this? What are you speaking to me? And I'll guarantee you God is speaking. We just touched on some of these things. There's many other things that God in, in much more specific instances will be pinpointing in each of our lives. And then it is, God, not my will, but yours be done. See, our mission in life never changes. And like everything else, every even small event, you have a flat tire. What is God speaking to me in this? The recipe fails completely. What is God speaking to me in this? Your kid broke your prized possession. What is God speaking to me in this? The little brat. No, that wasn't the problem. He's touching things in our lives. And He's speaking to us in the smallest things in life and the biggest things in life. And our job is to know the will of God through His Word, through the leading of His Spirit, how He uses circumstances in our lives, and He uses others. And then to say, God, You be glorified. 
Heavenly Father, you alone know the exact circumstances that each individual here today is facing. And Lord, honestly, many situations, we don't have a clue. Why is this in my life? And yet, Lord, we know that You have allowed things in our lives and You are able to take all things and make them work together for good when we love You and are committed to Your purposes. So, Lord, we, we come to You today and ask, help us, first of all, to know what you are saying. Lord, I pray for individuals that today you're saying to them, come to Jesus for forgiveness of sin. I pray today they would run to you and know the blessing of their sins forgiven. And then, Lord, I pray for every one of us as believers that we would know what the next step you want us to take is. That we wouldn't Fred about 13 steps down the road, but that we would just take the next step. That we'd know your will and then be strengthened in the inner man to do your will. So Lord, again, thank you that you speak to us. As the psalmist said, what is man that you are mindful of us or the son of man that you visit us? Lord, to think that you would... Give your son, and on top of that, as icing on the cake, that you would speak to us, that you would shepherd us, that you would lead us, we stand in awe of who you are. And so, Lord, we plead your mercies that we would not be lost in the thickets of the circumstances of this life, but that we would have as our mission to glorify You, whether it be by life or by death. We pray in Jesus' name with thanksgiving. Amen. Let's stand together.